0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is going on, Badger fans? Great episode of Locked On Badgers today. Let's get some good vibes going again. We got the Basketball 23 class on campus. I want to talk about each player. What do I expect this year? Some other thoughts on that class, uh, including AJ Store can fly. Uh, let's talk about that. Plus, some football recruits on deck still making important decision. So we're going to talk about all that and more on a really good episode of today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go.
0: You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, everything you want in one spot. Uh, I am your host, as always, Ryan Herrings. Thank you so, so much for tuning into the show, for being part of this community. We're building Uh, something we're doing together. And it's really just kind of our little thing. And I love it. Uh, We celebrate and we we complain together, but uh, we do it together. And that's the point I want to talk about. So yesterday was a tough, a tough day. Right. Lose Booker. Woodward, you know, it was a little frustrating. Let's get some positivity. Let's get some believe with Rajiv in today's show, even without the the man himself. I want to talk about the twenty three basketball class. They 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 officially moved in. They're on campus. This is a class I like a lot. Uh, They posted kind of the Wisconsin basketball program posted a bit of a quick workout video. And listen, it's off season, so we're hyper analyzing like the you know every angle and looking at everything. But I got to be honest, I love this class. I, I really like this class. I, d- I don't know. I think you, you could have used um another shot creator uh, in the backcourt probably, but I really like this class. Let's talk about it. Um, I want to start with Gus Yaldon, who I've spent a ton of time talking about, right? The uh, Four-star forward. He looks great. Like, I don't know. So people who may have Then following the Gus Yaldon commitment, right, he committed, and then they kind of tuned out on it. A lot of people kind of tune out on recruits once they commit, and then they just kind of wait for them to to start playing, right? Um, The the thing with Yaldon was always really, really skilled player. Uh, The scouting report would tell you good shooter, great feel, passionate about the game, um, plays below the rim, not not an above-the-rim elite athlete, uh, needs to work on his body a little bit. He has worked on his body, for those who – who haven't been really following, he looks great. And if he's going to be in that type of shape, I'm telling you, he's playing this year. So let's, let's talk 2023, 24 projections, thoughts. Gus is playing this year. I predicted he's going to get 10 to 15 minutes a game. Uh, he's obviously going to have to earn it, but I think he's the backup five. I think he's playing this year and I think he's going to have a big time Wisconsin Badgers career. You know, he played against the best type of competition he could in high school I'll always go back to the quote I had from Jason Jordan when he was coming on the show, the sports illustrated uh, basketball scouting director. He said, every time I walked into a gym that had Gus Yaldin in it, Gus Yaldin left that gym as the best post player. Didn't matter how what how many four and five star post players were there. Nobody could handle Gus. I like the swagger. I love the nickname, the Gus bus. He's going to play right away. And this is going to be a Brad Davidson type of player for Wisconsin. Is, it, <clears throat> excuse me. Is my prediction, uh, prediction for Gus Yaldin. So Yaldin's on campus, can't wait to see it. He's gonna play this year. I'd be stunned if he didn't. Let's talk about Nolan Winter. Nolan Winter to me is incredibly interesting, not just from a long term perspective, but from this year. How many minutes is Nolan playing this year? Originally, I, I kind of thought when he I'll, I'll, let's go back to the beginning. When he committed, I said, uh, he's probably gonna redshirt, right? Nolan's gonna redshirt, which is fine, right? That's that's absolutely fine. Uh take a year, get some weight on his body, and then be a really solid player for the next couple of years. He's coming in at like 220, 230. Right, he's that's big enough to play right now. He's a skill set that's unique. Uh, the thing with Winter is, he's not just a pick and pop guy. He can slash. He can get to the rim. Um, I like his game quite a bit. I think he could take a lot of what Carter Gilmore did last year. Him and Yaldin, and eat into those minutes. So I I don't know how many minutes are really there. We talked about it on a previous show when you start breaking it down. There's not a ton, but the place the minutes are is in the front court. Right, it's at the four and the five because you have Wall and you have Crowell. And then you just have a big question mark after it. You have Carter Gilmore, who you absolutely know will go in and, and give 110% of what he's got, played pretty good defense, but he's just not an impactful offensive player. And I think that's a spot where both Winter and Yaldin can play. What do I think for this year with Winter? I've started to come around on the idea that he's going to to that he's going to play, that he's not going to redshirt. I think he's big enough, and I think the skill set translates. So yeah, I think that's another one that's going to play. Let's talk John Blackwell Jr. This one to me, um, Blackwell. So we Blackwell gets forgotten about in this class, um, absolutely forgotten about in this class because you have Yaldon, you have Winter. Blackwell was not as highly recruited, um, but I'm telling you, six four can really shoot the ball. Now, now let me start here. The reason, in my opinion, he wasn't as highly recruited is he does not have the elite athleticism for a two guard. I don't think. I don't think he. He plays above the rim quite as much. I don't think he has the the incredible burst, but what he is is he's physically developed. He can shoot the ball really well. I think he's probably the best pure shooter in this class potentially, and he is legit uh, size for the two. Uh, he's a six four guy that's well built. He's going to get after it defensively. That's part of his scouting report coming from high school. So um, you're going to that's a guy that checks a lot of boxes. You're going to have a six four guy who's well built, muscular, plays hard defensively, and really shoots the ball. That's a three and D guy in modern basketball. Like that's notes. You can never have too many of those dudes at the college or the, the pro level this year. What's my 2023 thoughts on Blackwell? I think he red shirts. I I've talked about it before. I just think you're going to, you know, barring injury, all this is barring injury, right? But Hepburn, Heppern is going to play. Uh, you know, Heppern's going to play 30 minutes, 32 minutes, 33 minutes. A going to play more, right? So Connor's going to play. He was at 27 last year. I think you're going to bump that up to 30, 31 this year. Max Klezman max is, you know, is going to get 25, 30 minutes after that. There's just not a lot of minutes. You still have Kamari McGee there who could fill in as that backup point guard duty. So I think Blackwell red shirts, but I'm excited about his future. I think there's more there than people give him credit for because he gets lost in a class with Yaldin and winter really, really, really high floor type player. Cause you can shoot, play defense and you have size. Those are three boxes that if you can check those three boxes, you're going to find your way onto, onto a court. Um, the ceiling will will come down to how well can he develop as a ball handler? You know, is he able to uh, maybe become a little bit more of, of a facilitator? You know, not a point guard, but a secondary playmaker or something in that role. If he can do those things, you're talking about a, a strong starting caliber uh, shooting guard in the Big Ten. Uh, I also want to mention just quickly so we don't lose track of it. Uh, Jack Janik, he was a preferred walk-on that committed from the state of Minnesota. You know, normally there's Wisconsin kind of has. You know, the football program is different than the basketball program. The football program, the walk-on tradition is incredible. We know that, right? You could roll a deck down a list of names and come up with, I mean, college football Hall of Fame level talents. Yeah, but the basketball side, the walk-on program, you have Zach Showalter who was a walk-on, uh, but for the most part, the walk-on program has been more of program filler right guys that we want to fill out practice rotations, scout scouting team rotation scout team rotations uh, but Jack janicky's is interesting to me Jack Janicky, he's a walk-on but he's a walk-on who is 6'4 and you can really shoot the ball right uh, walk-on out of Minnesota 6'4 averaged 24 points per game as a senior and again he can really shoot really I mean legitimately he is a legitimate college division one shot and he is a 6'4 frame so the athleticism's not great. Um, off the bounce isn't great. How is he going to defend? All these are viable questions. But as a walk-on, this is probably about as good as you're going to get. And it's somebody not to file away for 2023 or 2024. But it's somebody to file away and say in 2025, 2026, is this a guy who um, could become like a Tim Jarmuz, that like that type of player, getting 10 minutes game to space the floor. Possible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw it out because he checks the size box and he checks the shooting box. All right, let's get into the transfer now. AJ Store. So the the video that Wisconsin released, right? A, a quick. It was just a quick snapshot of each player, like doing one thing. You had uh, Janaki with a little bit of a push shot. You had Gus Yaldin with kind of an up and under, a bit of a reverse pivot, I think it was, which is such a Gus thing. You had Nolan Winter shooting a free throw, Blackwell in the paint, a fadeaway shot, and then you had AJ Store soaring through the air to, to yam one home and i'm watching this and i'm just like first of all that's what a five-star athlete looks like you remember aj store coming in uh transfer was a freshman last year he was one of the top recruits in the country right and he's coming into madison now after one year as a a, a part-time starter this is what a five-star athlete looks like that that's the difference right this and it, it's all created equally uh, but this is what a five-star athlete looks like. My goodness, the, the clip of him, and go find it if you haven't seen it. I'll tweet it out, too. We haven't had, at Wisconsin, many dudes who who get above the rim like A.J. Storr is capable of doing. And this is a ceiling raiser, right? This is somebody to be excited about. I know he committed a while ago, and basketball's a ways off, so it kind of gets forgotten about. But A.J. Store could could change the dynamic and the ceiling of this team, just with his athleticism and his, his wing offensive potential alone. So, Badger fans, be excited about this year. I know we're getting caught up in Con Knipple, uh, Jackson McAndrew, Daniel Freetag, what's the future look like, and two years what this team could be. Be excited about the 2023-2024 version of the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team, ladies and gentlemen, because adding A.J. Storen to this mix It's like adding whipped cream into the Sunday, you know, now, now we're really getting into some premium stuff here. So I'm excited about it. I think this team with AJ Storff, if he can ratchet up his game and become um, become a better, I think he will, by the way, a better version of what he was last year, the team coming around him um, is going to be pretty good. It really is. I think people are sleeping on it. I think it's a top four, top five, big 10 team, Um, you know, and then there's more upside coming down the road with this group, but, I'm excited about next year, guys, and I can't wait to see it happen. All right, we're gonna take a quick break for our friends of the show. Coming back, we have a lot of prospects. So we just—I know it's been a bit of a, a lull in the football recruiting. I want to talk about some of the big prospects that are still in the pipeline, have decisions coming up, where the Badgers are in a good spot for. Let's keep this this feel good vibe show going. Let's talk about some football prospects that I think the Badgers are going to get that are going to get us really excited. So we're gonna talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Bar Dogs it's not talked about it. I have multiple stories here, y'all. And they're all true. Like I almost hired a fashion consultant. I've been mistaken as a homeless person. Um I, my wife creeped, crept over my shoulder as I was buying work clothes, which in reality are just sweat sweatshirts, uh, basketball shorts and sweatpants. Bird dogs allows me to be good looking, um, at least my legs, right? Uh, not so much up here, but it, it allows my legs to look great, gives me some fashion, but it also lets me be the comfortable, casual dude that, in my heart, that's that's my sweet spot, right? That's that's my true north. That's my compass finding. That's where I that's where I roll over and stop at uh, is comfort, comfortability. Being being comfortable in my skin, going out, not feeling like I'm constantly having to adjust pants. And, I, and I, I just need to be comfortable. That That is what it is. That's 100% aware of where my mentality is. Bird Dogs is the ultimate in comfort for the summer. Sweat wicking clothes, incredible look, great style. It makes me look good and it makes me feel comfortable. And if you go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college, you get a free Yeti style tumbler with every purchase. I never take my Bird Dogs off. You'll never take them off either, especially in the summer. BirdDogs.com slash college, Get a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You will not regret it.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's Kubota Um,
1: I want to say thank you again, everybody just tuning into the show and y'all are amazing. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I can't wait to keep this conversation and this community growing, especially there's a lot of fun things coming up. Y'all football is like 70 days away. Basketball is going to fall after that. A lot of recruiting news coming up. So stay tuned here. For all the everydayers, I really do appreciate it. Uh, and let's keep this conversation going. Let's let's talk. I think this is important. We had a bit of a, it's fair to say, like a bit of a rough day the other day, right? A um, couple of D commitments. Let's talk about some of the players that are out there, that are still out there, that are on the horizon, that at least the Badgers have, are, are in a good spot for. They're in the foxhole for these players, right? And they're not going to get every single one of these, but they're going to get some of these guys. And these are dudes. So, yes losing sexton stings losing roy stings i mean listen losing roy to minnesota is what stings let's be honest if roy had just gone to ucla like we all thought he would i don't think anybody cares i really don't i i think everybody like okay that makes sense going to minnesota man that is a, a painful pill to swallow let's just say that um so losing some of these players stings, but let's talk about what's what's in the pipeline, what's coming up. Badgers, Badgers fans, be excited about some of these players. So Emilio, Emilio Agard, I think, I think we need to start there, and I listed him first for a reason, uh, for multiple reasons. If if you're, if you've been with us from the jump, right, and no worries if you haven't, don't don't feel bad if you haven't been with this show from the jump. I, I'm not trying to to make anybody feel bad or, or good about that one way or the other. But if you remember one of my early shows, it was a Why can we never beat Ohio State? All right. It, I did like a 17 minute clip video on the last 10 losses. Um, and because over the course of 10 losses, you should just get friggin lucky once in a while. It's not like Wisconsin's been a dumpster fire. They haven't, uh, but they never beat them. And why, why do we never beat them? Uh, and what it, what it came down to when you really look through, look through draft picks, recruiting rankings, Wisconsin matches up pretty well in a lot of spots with Ohio State, you know, offense line, defense line, linebacker. It comes down to quarterback, receiver, and cornerback. That's where Wisconsin doesn't get people drafted, and that's where Ohio State gets a plethora of people drafted, and that's what the modern game of football is all about. Edges, speed and space, quarterback play. Can you hit the quarterback? Can you cover co- receivers? Can you get open? Wisconsin hasn't been able to do any of those things, and Ohio State does those things in spades. Right? They have a monopoly on those things. They have park place and boardwalk with hotels on those things, right? And Wisconsin has, I don't know, what's Oriental Avenue, what the light blue one? Um Wow, that's a Monopoly reference there. Monopoly cost me a friendship, by the way. I'll get into that story at some point. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so I listed Emilio Agard, number one, for a reason. He's a four-star cornerback that has like 30-plus offers. At some point, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. I think Texas was in on him. Like This is an elite offer list cornerback, a four-star kid out of Pennsylvania. The batters are in a great spot for him. He's, com- he's committing on July 1st, so we're about eight days away. This would be a massive win. And, you know, there, there are always questions when you look at offer lists, right? What's committable? Uh, so we're looking at Emilio Agard right now, and we're talking about an offer list as Clemson and, and Alabama, Tennessee was in there. So 30 elite offers, you know, 30 great offers. All of those are not committable, but what you take from it, don't don't. Look at that and say, ah, but he, but maybe he's not committable to those things. Look at it. Those were all legitimate schools that reached out and had interest in him, at least at one point. And I think that's what you gauge it by, right? To some degree. If, if you have an Alabama and a Clemson kicking the tires on a guy and, and getting him in on an official visit and at least at some point extending an offer, that dude is a legit player. And if that player happens to be a cornerback, a spot where Wisconsin has sorely lacked talent, not only is the, a legit player. It's a legit player fitting into a puzzle piece that you haven't been able to find for a long time, right? That that cornerback puzzle piece of Wisconsin's roster has been missing under the couch for 25 years at your mom's cabin. Emilio Agard is like that type of piece that you can find and plug into this defense and instantly elevate everything else around it because it makes your pass rush better, right? If you have guys on the edge that can match up to some degree with Ohio State your pass rush has a half tick to get to the quarterback, right? Your linebackers maybe don't need as much depth on their drops because you can handle the outside. So maybe now your linebackers can get up and disrupt some of the smoke screens and some of that nonsense that Ohio State is always just throwing to the outside and letting their receivers and their athletes go to work in space. That's what a guy like this does. This is a huge target out there. I, Wisconsin's right in this, in the thick of this one, right? So Emilio Agard someone to look forward to. Dominic Nichols is another one that's out there. It sounds like a Wisconsin-Michigan battle. Michigan – Michigan's going to be tough to beat, but when you're competing with four-star defense linemen, there's always going to be somebody tough to beat. Wisconsin's right there. They had an official visit. This dude would be a monster in the system. You know, 6'5", 250, the type of frame that is just a massive ball of clay, Dominic Nichols, right? Huge ball of clay, offers from Clemson, Florida State. Georgia was in on him as well. So great offer list, huge frame, another kid that if Wisconsin gets – He just changes the dynamic defensively and Wisconsin's right there for Nichols. Um, They're in on a new transfer quarterback, Michael Mack, a transfer cornerback out of air force. Just put his name in the portal. He has two years of eligibility left. He started for two years. As per usual, he's six foot one, 190 pounds. So they're continuing to attack the secondary. That's an interesting wing. Interesting one to me because, They've already landed a transfer court, two transfer quarterbacks this cycle, and it looks like they're trying to get a third. I think that tells you what they thought about the depth at this position. Um, that's interesting to me. You still have those two big running backs out there, right? Dupree and Dylan Jones, both four-star level talents. I, I firmly believe Wisconsin's getting one of those two with an outside shot that they get both. But I think they're getting one of them for sure. Dupree's always been the one I'm a little higher on, but I know there's people who like Dylan Jones more. You get either one of them, and that's an elite running back. Uh, Joe Barna's out there, a 6'5", 250-pound defense alignment out of Illinois. Justin really loves his film. So Barna's a guy not as highly ranked, um, but does have an Oklahoma offer. That's a legit thing. Good size, really good burst. And again, Justin, who watches a lot of film, loves his film. That's a guy Wisconsin can be the driver's seat for. You still have Liam Andrews, who's a four-star, high four-star Defense alignment, offensive alignment out of Massachusetts, Wisconsin has been working on selling Andrews as a defense alignment, which I think is a little unique. And sometimes sometimes being unique gets you into battles and wins battles. Right. So Andrews is still out there. That would be an incredibly big win. Him and Uma, um, Benedict Uma, the defense lineman out of Connecticut, who's still out there as well. I think he's probably going to Penn State. That's my feel on it. But those two are out there. And then don't forget about Lafayette, Anelu Lafayette, the elite um, edge defender coming out of East St. Louis Prep High School, the powerhouse in Hawaii. He's committing on July 11th. I think he's a Wisconsin lean. Wisconsin's been on him forever. The previous staff was on him. This staff is in on him. He's a high three-star, low four-star edge player. Really explosive film. A little undersized. Like He doesn't have the frame of a nickels. He's more 6'2", six, 6'3". Uh, but fast, explosive in space, a big-time hitter, can cover ground. That would be a huge pickup as well. So a lot of talent out there, Badger fans. I wouldn't get too – listen, be frustrated when somebody you like decommits. I think that's fair. If we're going to get excited about a Woodward committing or a Booker committing – by the way, uh, Booker just committed to UCLA, so that happened. Not really a surprise to a lot of people who were tracking this thing. Um, It's okay to be frustrated by those losses, but – there's a lot of big targets out there for Wisconsin, and this this is just a snippet of them. This is not the full Rolodex here. So I expect Wisconsin fans to be pretty excited about by the end of July, what Wisconsin has in the stable, I think, is going to look pretty good for the 2024 football class. All right, we're going to take a quick break, um, come back with a few of your comments, talk about the coaching list we did, and uh, something that's kind of unique about this community we're building as well. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers, but first a quick break for friends of the show. Do want to say thank you again for always tuning into this, whether you're watching it on YouTube, listening on the podcast, whatever it is. Thank you so, so much for, you know, letting us be a small part of your day. It, it really does mean a lot. And I can't say that enough. So thank you for that. And let's keep going. Let's keep talking here. Uh, this is from Jonah Schultz. And Jonah, thank you for the, the comment. I apologize if I mispronounced the name. Uh, this class ends up 30 to 35. So he's talking about the football recruiting class ending up in the 30 to 35 range. I got it. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be higher. I think this class is is more likely 25 to 30 than 30 to 35. And I think that's fine for a first year, right? It's, 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 I'll be honest, if it ends up 25 to 30, that's a little lower than I thought fickle would do in his first year. And to that degree, it's a little disappointing. Part of this was based on if you remember when fickle was hired. uh, I did a show talking about how this this in-state class would really be a boon to Luke fickle right really help him build the foundation of his first class boy that was a, a good take there Ryan um and I, I but I thought that you know that in-state class of multiple four star level players would help him elevate into a first year class that would settle into about the top 20 top 25 range and just not landing those dudes I think makes it hard to get a top 20 class now I, I so I think 25 to 30 is probably realistic. That's a good class. It's not a great class and it's going to have to get better than that. But I also, you have to give a coaching staff more than a year, right? It takes time to develop relationships, to build boards. So I think next year is going to be a better indication one way or the other, right? If it's another class next year where it's 25 to 35, somewhere in that range. Well, now you have two data points on on the trend line and you're starting to move in a direction and a direction you didn't love. So Next year is going to be a better indicator to me, but we'll see. Um, I think 30 to 35 is too low for this year. I think he's going to be a little higher than that. Let's see. Bucky 63 says, these are 17-year-old kids. They regularly commit and decommit until signing day. Not unexpected, but still disappointing. Yeah. I mean, that that's a great perspective. And I'll just say this, too. Like, there's there's a couple things that – and I could be on islands on this. So let me know if you disagree, and that's totally fine. As always, it's absolutely fine and encouraged to disagree on this show as long as we can do it respectfully. I don't really get too frustrated with kids that commit or decommit. I know there's people out there who think that's a sign of, of a lack of character who think when you commit, you should stay committed. And I can a hundred percent see that viewpoint um, <clears throat> where I would push back a little bit is a, how many, like I always try to put these things into real life perspectives, right? Which isn't always fair because college football and this stuff isn't really real life, but, if you were job hunting right, as, a, as an adult, not even as a 17-year-old, you're job hunting, and you take an offer uh, with a job you really like, You know you're excited about it, and in the moment, you mean it. You're not lying to that company. You say, yeah, I'm committed to this. I want to join this company. I'm excited. Let's make it happen. You shake on it. And then another offer from a different company comes in, and that company is better in your opinion. Now, it may not be better in everyone else's opinion, but it doesn't matter what everyone else's opinion is. It's up to you to make your life and choose your roads. And if this other company is better, they maybe they pay a little bit more, or maybe you just like the work environment, or maybe you like your coworkers more, maybe you like their vision more, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's up to what you want to do. How many of us as adults have de decommitted from a job to take a better offer somewhere else? How many of us would Put blame on a coworker for doing that. I I don't think they would be realistic. But we hold seventeen-year-old kids to standards that we don't ourselves, you know, hold other adults to. We we're holding upholding them to things that I don't think we would uphold each other to. And so that's why the the decommitments, commitments—they don't really bother me. Like kids should find the best opportunity they can, and if that means they they commit to one and they find in their opinion a better opportunity later. I would much rather have them go somewhere where they think they have a better chance of happiness and success than sticking with a commitment that they don't think they're going to be successful or happy with. So that's where I'm at with that. I don't begrudge them. And let's be honest, I'm not saying Wisconsin does this. I'm not saying Luke Fickle does this. But let's be honest, a lot of colleges do the same thing, right? They recruit over players. They pull scholarships. They play scholarship games. They manipulate kids. They manipulate numbers. So it goes both ways. And if colleges can do that, I just don't have an issue with kids doing it. And to Bucky's point, Bucky 63's point, yeah, they're 17-year-old kids. They're going to change your mind even more than we do. And quite frankly, we change our mind all the time as adults. So uh, that's where I'm at on that one. Let me know if you think I'm wrong, though. I I can take that. Alec Vice 7404 says, count me out on the France as a top five Big Ten coach. Yes, thank you, Alec. That's what I'm talking about. I've never disagreed with a guy named Alec. Iowa is hiring a new athletic director for the first time in 17 years. Uh, And he went on to say, I had to cut this comment, but he went on to say that he thinks the Francis time might be numbered with a new athletic director. Listen, I know people have disagreed with me on this, and I get there is a point to Luke Ferrance having a consistent program that sustains success, a defensive program that sustains success. You cannot have that situation as an offensive coordinator. Your son, who is an abysmal failure, the fan base in revolt, having to rewrite a contract to ensure he scores a certain amount of points in a game. You cannot have that situation as a head coach and be a top five coach in the big 10. You can't, I'm sorry. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Again, top five father in the big 10. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's more important than being a coach to me. Being a good father is more important than being a coach, but let's be real. You, you can't, Hey, you can't put your son in that position either, quite frankly, right? Where your son is getting crucified on message boards because he, he's inept as an off—he's just not an offensive coordinator. It is what it is. But because he's his son, he he gets to keep the spot. It's just—it's a mess, man. And no, you can't be a top five Big Ten coach if you allow that to go on. Sharp says, "I think Antonio Finellis flipped Woodward. Finellis is from Florida too. They just hired him to coach DBs at Illinois." Sharp, that's an awesome comment because I didn't even realize that Finellis was coaching at Illinois. <clears throat> so they got Finellis and Aaron Henry coaching on the defensive side there. Henry's the defensive coordinator. <clears throat> Excuse me. Finellis is coaching DBs, obviously both with ties to Bielema. Yeah, I mean, listen, <clears throat> I'm still a little bummed about the Woodward flip. I know um, there's some that don't really care as much. I, I thought his film was ridiculously good. Uh, great size. Brian Smith, who I had on, who's seen him talk to a coach of his, said all the athletic tools are there. I mean, I, it is what it is. I'll get over it. But, yeah, that's that's one that still bumps me out. Here now says uh, both of these are run-of-the-mill three-star recruits. No big loss, really. There are many more where they came from. I would agree and disagree. So I would disagree with your first part here. Right, I don't think these are run of the mill three star recruits. And let's be honest with ourselves: this is, we were not saying when they committed they were run of the mill three star recruits, right? I remember when Booker committed. I remember when we had Booker on the show. I remember when Woodward committed. When those dudes committed, we were excited. We liked the film. We liked the upside. I still think Booker's upside is as like a stretch, like a Lance Kendricks, Travis Beckham type of a, a weapon, an NFL weapon. Like it, that's not a run of the mill three star recruit. It's just not. It's it's just it's not. Um, And I don't want to just sit here and if we get guys, we love them. If we don't get them, we don't care. No, like the film is the film, right? The truth is the truth. Now you can disagree with that truth, but in my opinion, the truth is the truth. And these were two plan A targets with great athletic tools and a lot of upside. Both of them need polish, right? Steck is, Grant Steck is the more polished of the two. I think he's the more all around tight end right now. He's bigger. He's a better blocker, but Booker's got upside, man. He, he has got athletic upside. I, I love the game there. And Woodward, same way. So I, I wouldn't say no big loss, but I do agree with your second point. There are Listen, there's a lot more prospects where they came from. I don't know if there's another booker you're going to land in this class, but there are more athletic tight ends out there. There's more cornerbacks out there. This is not the death knell to the, the 2024 Wisconsin football recruiting class, but I wouldn't just say, mm, whatever, don't care, no big loss. I wouldn't. I have no issues if that's where you're at, though. Uh, let's finish up here. John Berger says, love you guys. Um, uh, my favorite show every day, never miss an episode. It's nice to mourn communal communally. Um, John, what's up, man, friend of the show. I wanted to put this comment up here because hey, there's a lot of people who watch this show every day, every other day, once a week, twice a week, whatever it is. And thank you. Uh, like, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for, for doing that and for allowing us again to be part of your day. Uh, I want to point out the last sentence here. It's nice to mourn communally. Um, yeah. Like this is a community and it's, it's like our own little thing. Right. And it's really grown with the discord, the comments. There's so many listeners and people who put comments consistently in the show that like, I get used to seeing different people and different commenters and comments in our community. And it's so cool. Um, so yeah, a lot of people thank me for, for making the content. And I would just thank you guys for helping build this community because it it's as much, you guys are giving into this as much as I am. Right. And, I get so much out of it to get to to talk Badgers with other Badger fans. You know how many Badger fans are in Connecticut? Zero. Well, one. Well, two. Three. Sorry. I know three. Four. Nope. I know four, actually. That's, that's Still not many, right? <laughs> uh, there's not many. So my point is it's great for me to have this outlet as well. And this community, it means a lot to me. And I get defensive of it. Um, I care about it. I pour into it and a lot of other people pour into it too. And it's awesome. It's only going to get bigger and better, I hope. And I hope to continue growing it and continue putting out great content for everybody. And then continuing to, to get great content from y'all as you leave messages and comments. So many shows I get, I end up putting comments in because you guys bring up great points and incredible insights and it just makes it better. I think it's a very unique thing we built here. And I think we built it the right way. We very rarely ask for subscriptions or likes or shares. In fact, I almost never do. Because I think those things are important. Um, and if you want to do it, that's incredible. Uh, occasionally, I probably should ask. But I think we're building it organically. And I think we're doing it the right way. So I, I thought it was a good comment from John. But I wanted to kind of expound on it a little bit more. Anyway, appreciate you all. If you're an everyday or love you all. Uh, if you're not, love you too. On Wisconsin, and we'll talk tomorrow.